bound by addictions and sin or you are confused or you are overrun by life, whatever it is that ails you today, there are testimonies in every section of this seating that if given time would lift their voices and would testify that we serve a God who is alive, we serve a God who is well, we serve a God who is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think, and it is according to the power that is working in us, and that power is in this place right now. If you feel it, you ought to clap your hands and you ought to lift your voice to the Lord one more time and give Him praise for what we feel. Lord, we worship You. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What a delight it's been to be here with You. And I feel the moving of the Spirit in such a special way here today. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, Acts chapter 12, and beginning with verse number 1. If you have your Bibles, which I certainly hope you do, in some form or another, you can just keep your marking there in Acts chapter 12. We're going to bounce around in this passage a little bit today. Acts chapter 12 and verse number 1. It's good to be here with the wonderful Kyle family. Love and appreciate them very much. Aren't you thankful for your leaders that God has blessed you with? <clears throat> Wonderful hospitality and, and appreciate their friendship and the opportunity to be here at Rock this weekend. What a wonderful time we had in the Holy Ghost. And appreciate them being willing to bring my son in uh, with me. It's good to have Zion. He's right here on the front row. You probably can't see him, but he's down here on the front row. Our oldest son, Zion, and uh, I give honor uh, to my wife who is back home, uh, Sister Amy Levine, and our two children, our other two that are back there with her, uh, our middle child, Asher, and our uh, little girl, Finley Grace, and they are back worshiping uh, back home this morning, and so I give them honor in, in their absence. Uh, if you're here today, and this is a bit unfamiliar to you, if you're here and this type of church worship expression is a bit unique. Maybe you find yourself smiling, looking around at people who are emotional and people who are exuberant and expressive in their worship. Let me tell you, we do act a little crazy sometimes. <clears throat> it doesn't mean we are crazy. Now, some of these folks are crazy, but not all of them. Uh, but we have had our lives changed by the power of a God who is in this place today. And so if you see us act a little crazy, that would be why. And I will let you know that his power is not for a select few. His power is not for elite group of Christians. His power is not even for a particular denomination or type of Christian faith. But his power is for every single believer on planet earth. If you believe that, clap your hands and thank him for his power that's in this place. <clears throat> Praise God. Acts chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now 
about that time, Herod stretched out his hand to harass some of the church, or the King James says to vex the church. It literally means he was harassing them. How many know that there is an adversary? How many know that the adversary loves to harass the church? Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread that all of this took place, the Bible says. Simon Peter was the voice of God, represented the power of God, the voice of God. He was God's man. And now Herod has captured him, and he is under Herod's seizure. So when he arrested him, verse 4 says, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads or quanturians of soldiers to keep him, watch this, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter is in bondage. And Peter is about to be executed. But I thank God that we have a mighty God who is a delivering God. And Herod is about to meet a God of deliverance. A God who brought the children out of bondage in Egypt. And a God who delivered his people from trial and tribulation time and again, can I tell you that there is still a delivering hand of God that is in this building this morning. I had fully intended to go another direction for this service, but I couldn't help. Uh, I couldn't avoid the steering of the Spirit in this direction. So I'm going to preach to you and just call this today uh, the process of deliverance. The process of deliverance. Let me tell you what's going to happen in the next few minutes of this service. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. God is going to set a work of deliverance among his people here today. Not because I'm anything great, because I am not. My voice is weak. been preaching a lot this week. My voice is not strong. I'm not feeling well in my body. But I'm telling you, because Jesus Christ is in this place today, and because there are needs represented in every single row of believers that is gathered here, there is about to be a work of deliverance. Somebody came in here bound, and you are going to leave here free. Come on, you ought to have faith for that right at the beginning. Somebody gonna came in here bound, but you're going to leave here free. You're going to leave here liberated in the Holy Ghost. You're going to leave here free from the bondage that has plagued you for some time. If you believe that, you ought to clap your hands. You ought to lift up your voice to the Lord. Come on, somebody throw your head back and give him a shout of praise right now. Somebody throw your head back and give him a shout of praise right now. Come on, clap your hands and lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise him in advance for what he's about to do in this place. Praise him in advance for what he's about to do in this place. In the name of Jesus, we worship you. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I've come to inform you today that no matter how bound and no matter how broken you may be, that we have a God who is a redeeming God. And I preach to people here this morning that life and circumstance, situation, your own uh, faults and failures, uh, foolish decisions and shortcomings uh, have left you helpless and hopeless in life. But I've come to declare to you uh, that there is a redeeming God whose presence is in this place. He is a God that can redeem what is broken. He can fix what is in pieces. He can put lives back together that have been shattered by life and hell and sin and the attack of the adversary. And there is a flow of redemption that is in this room right now. And I declare to you at the very beginning of this service that before we walk out of those doors today, somebody is going to find him to not just be a redeemer in theology, but you are going to find him to be your redeemer personally this morning. We sang that song today, and that song always moves me so. You thought I was worth saving. You thought I was to die for. There might be some of you cats that are that are real good. Your life's all together. You've done nothing but make good decisions in your life. You're so holy you came out of your mother's womb talking in tongues. Some folks walk around so holy like you shouldn't even touch them because you'll just defile them. I don't know, maybe there's some folks like that here, but your preacher isn't one of those folks. I'm glad that he thought I was worth saving. Maybe some of y'all think you deserve to be saved. Maybe, maybe some of y'all look so good and act so right that you just think, you know, uh, it, it, it's just a good thing that he put me in the church because this church really needs some, some class like I bring. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad he found a kid like me. I, I, I'm glad that he looked down to a kid like me who was the product of an unwanted conception uh, whose life was almost ended before it was even given birth to. I'm glad he looked down at a kid like me uh, whose mama was homeless and hitchhiking across the country uh, at three years old. I'm glad that he looked down to a kid like me uh, and said, you know what, I think you're worth saving. Uh, the enemy says you're a statistic uh, and the adversary says you're going to wind up in lockup. Uh, but I, I'm glad that he thought I was worth reaching towards. Uh, I've got news for somebody here today uh, that there is nobody in this room uh, that is too broken. Uh, there is nobody in this room that is too far gone. Uh, there is nobody in this room whose life is too messy. Uh, there's nobody in this room whose life is too dirty. Uh, there's nobody in this room whose mind uh, is so confused. Uh, there's nobody in this room uh, whose family is in such disrepair uh, that Jesus Christ 
Christ cannot take you in the palm of his hand and with his mercy allow his shed blood to be applied to your life and clean you and wash you and forgive you and make you new and if you're the product of that kind of mercy you ought to clap your hands and you ought to lift your voice and give God praise right now. Oh, come on, somebody just give him praise. Uh, somebody ought to take about a 15 or a 20-second praise break. Uh, if you know you don't deserve to be here, uh, if you know you don't deserve the blessing of God in your life, uh, if you know you don't deserve every good and perfect gift uh, that has come down from the Father of lights, uh, you ought to take about 15 seconds uh, and you ought to just say, I praise you, Jesus, uh, because you are a blessing, God, uh, because you're a gift gift. feel stuck on this this morning but I'm just telling you God's blessed me way more than I deserve uh, you're, you're, you're looking at a work in progress uh, I'm not where I need to be but thank God I'm not where I was uh, when he found me Oh, let me help somebody. Don't get discouraged coming to church and looking around at folks that look like they got their life together and they got everything in line and everything's good. You don't know where they were when Jesus found them. You don't know the mess they were in. You don't know the destructive patterns of sin that were cycling through their life and through generations of their family. Oh, but such were some of you. But now you are washed. Now now you are justified. Now you are sanctified. Oh, I thank God for his mercy. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise right now. Somebody ought to give him praise right now. Somebody ought to give him praise. You got people that are afraid to come to church? You got people that are afraid to come to God because my life ain't like their life. These people are good people. These people dress right. These people know how to act. These people are a bunch of goody two-shoes. These, these, these people are, man, they look like they got their stuff together. I don't fit. And people don't come to church because they feel like they ain't going to fit in. Man, that, that, that church is righteous. That church is holy. That church is, I, man, I, I had a guy I was reaching out to just a couple of months ago tell me, he said, man, he said, I'm going to tell you what, preacher, if I walk into your church, that place would probably catch on fire. <laughs> he said, I'd hate to bring fires of judgment into your church, so I better stay. Let me tell you. That, that mindset is so prevalent and it's perpetuated by the voice of the adversary in your spirit and in your ears to keep you outside of God's best for you. Can I just help somebody? And maybe this isn't just for some new folks. Maybe this is for some folks that have been around a little while. I got news for you, Flash. This church isn't holy because you're here. 
This church isn't righteous because you're living right. Uh, it is. Uh, this church is holy uh, because there is a holy God whose presence is in this place. Uh, this church is righteous uh, because it was bought with the very shed blood uh, of a righteous God. Uh, oh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be a part uh, of the church of a living God. Uh, I thank God uh, for his mercy uh, that reached me and saved me. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I want to disarm you right now. I want to tell you uh, that if you're sitting back thinking to yourself, uh, you know what, this is a Pentecostal thing. Uh, this, this, this is a, a Pentecostal church of the Palm Beaches kind of thing. Uh, this is just the way they do. This is just the way they act. No, uh, this isn't a Pentecostal thing. Uh, it's not a thing uh, that belongs to a particular denomination. Uh, what I'm telling you about is a Bible thing. Uh, it's, it's something that's for whosoever will. Uh, it's something that's for every believer on planet earth. I, I, I don't care what nation you're from, what language you speak. Uh, if you're black, right, brown, or purple with pink polka dots. Uh, I don't care if you got money in the bank uh, or don't even know how to spell the word bank. Uh, I don't care if you drove to, uh, to church in a half a million dollar car or you hitchhiked down the street. Uh, I'm preaching about a God whose mercy uh, is for whosoever will. Uh, a God whose grace uh, is for anybody. Uh, a God whose goodness uh, is extended toward all men. Oh, if you're thankful for that kind of God, you ought to clap your hands. Uh, you ought to lift your voice. Uh, you ought to worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm preaching today to those that are bound. I'm preaching today to those that are bruised. I'm preaching today to those that are broken. I'm preaching today to those that are battling through difficulties and struggles in life. I'm preaching today to those who are bound by habits and sin and cycles of sin in your life. I'm preaching today to those who are dealing with strongholds that you cannot break free from. Hear me now. Can I preach to you a little bit? I'm just getting going. I'm preaching to those that are bound by strongholds. A stronghold is a is a spiritual a spiritual stronghold. It is a mindset that is impregnated with hopelessness. A stronghold, a spiritual stronghold, is a mindset and a a heart set that is impregnated with hopelessness and a realization that you do not have the power to change your circumstances and you do not have the power within your Self, uh, to make your situations better uh, though many times we realize uh, that, that our issues our situations our problems uh, that we are living in are contrary to God's best for us uh, we are helpless and hopeless uh, because we do not have the power to change uh, those circumstances or those situations uh, in our life uh, and so I'm preaching to people both guests and longtime believers alike uh, that are here and you feel bound uh, you feel bottled up you feel like you are hopeless to change the circumstances and the details of your life. And I'm here to preach to you a word that is going to release a spirit of deliverance in this place. Now, you know what? You, you can be seated if you want to. Can I preach a little while? Is that okay? I. Just 
Just be seated, but don't get too comfortable now, okay? Don't get too comfortable. Sometimes you can find yourself in bondage even when you're living for God. Now, nobody wants to say amen because you don't want to admit. Sometimes you can be doing what is right and find yourself in imprisoning circumstances. Our text tells us of a preacher, a man by the name of Simon Peter. Simon Peter was doing the will of God. He hadn't done anything wrong. And he finds himself in prison. He had been doing what he knew to do. And he finds himself locked up. Anybody ever have something like that happen to you? You don't have to be in sin to find yourself bound. You can be bound to sin, and there are those here today that are. And God's going to deliver you just the same. But you may be doing your best to live and walk with God in imprisoning circumstances are visited upon your life. He became, in actuality, he became a target because he was doing what is right. And so Herod binds him up and he puts him in prison. Have you ever had a day like that? Maybe, now some of y'all may have been in actual prison, but I'm, I, I'm talking, and that would certainly apply. Some of y'all, if they knew what you'd been doing, you need to go to prison. Hello. Was it something I said? Y'all better be pleading for the mercy of God today before this service is over. God knows where you're at. They may not, but God knows where you're at. He knows what you're up to. Well, look at your neighbor and just smile real big because I don't know who he's talking to. You ever have a day where everything's going right and then all of a sudden everything's not? You ever have a day where everything's good and then all of a sudden everything's not? I, 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 I was preaching last week. I told uh, Brother, Brother Kyle about this, just a, just a little humorous example. But, man, it was just one of those days. I, I had a full Sunday and preaching three times, flying back home on Monday. And, uh, man, I, I, I was getting ready for church, and, and all of a sudden my pants ripped wide open. <laughs> Lord Jesus. And, I mean, I was there for one Sunday. I only had one suit. And I, I, I text the pastor. I said, Houston, we have a problem. We, we, we are, we are uh, going to be delayed at best today. And, man, I'm scrambling around the front desk, didn't know what a safety pin was, and, and I needed more than one of them anyhow. I got to the church, and about 19 safety pins later, I was moving real stiff that day. I'm telling you the truth, my I told the pastor, I said, if you see me start jerking around, it's probably because one of those dudes popped open and it's sticking in me. I'm telling you the truth. I told my wife, she said, my God, you ruined another suit? She said, you just, you just, that's, that's two suits down in, in a month. I don't, I don't know, man. Sometimes the devil done got in my closet, I guess. I don't know. You ever just have one of those days? I was preaching few years back and came home from a red hot revival and 
I'm telling you, woke got flew back on Monday, and and Monday was a good day, and just kind of recuperating a little bit from the long weekend of revival. People got the Holy Ghost. People were delivered. I mean, just just we just had blowout church, and then Tuesday morning, I'm sitting there having my coffee before my family's even awake. And I got three phone calls in a row. I felt like Job. I got three phone calls in a row. Uh, that Situations that were visited upon my life and my family and our, our home and our finances. And that touched just about every area of our life. Three separate phone calls. Three separate situations. And each one was progressively worse than the other. I was so rattled, I didn't even tell my wife about it for about three days. I just prayed. I, I, I was literally sitting there drinking my coffee, and my hand was just li literally shaking after the third phone call came. Before the family even woke up, all this happened. Anybody ever been there before? Your world can change with a phone call, with an email, with a piece of news from the doctor, with a piece of news uh, from the banker or the lawyer. Uh, just, just with one, one piece of information can change everything. And so here is Simon Peter. Uh, and I, I can't fully identify. I haven't been completely in a situation. But I've had a few days where I'm, I, I'm sitting there looking up at the heavens saying, Lord, you remember me, right? My name's Luke. I work for you. We're supposed to be like this, God. We're supposed to be together. Right? God, I don't know if you remember, but we're on the same team. Right? I'm wearing your jersey. Right? Anybody had days like that? I had one that Tuesday, and I'm reminding God, God, what in the world is going on here? I'm working for you. I'm doing your work. But Simon Peter was doing the will of God, and he finds himself in prison, chained to four squads of soldiers. At least 16 soldiers are around him, and Herod says, I'm going to execute you because it pleased the people. Can I tell you, it is nothing new that culture is pleased by things that are Disgusting to God. It is nothing new that we live in a world that is pleased by things that are repulsive to God. And Herod says, I'm going to execute you because it pleased the people. And so in verse number 5, this Bible says that while Peter was kept in prison, he was locked up in prison, but... Peter was kept in prison, but Peter was kept in prison, but what happened? Prayer was made without ceasing by the church. Can I tell you the power of your prayer is enough to release bondages uh, across this city. Yeah. 
But prayer was made. Can I preach to you that prayer is always a prerequisite to deliverance? That prayer always comes prior to deliverance. It was earnest prayer. It was urgent prayer. There was a need. I'm telling you, if the enemy's attacking the church, just get somebody on their knees calling out to God. Not ritual, not idle words, not, oh God, oh God, oh God, hallelujah, God. But I'm talking about somebody talking to God, pleading for divine intervention. Now let's just get something straight right here. If you're going to receive the power of God in your life today, you've got to at least be willing to talk to him for yourself. Let me say it again. If you're going to be delivered today, if you're going to have God's best for you, you got to willing at least be willing to open up your own mouth and talk to God for yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to do it for you. Don't wait for somebody to lay hands on you. But somebody needs to get desperate about your own situation and lift up your voice to a God knowing he's able. Prayer was made. Now watch this. The next verse says Herod was about to bring him out the next day. Verse 6, Herod was about to bring him out the next day. He would have brought him forth the same night. And Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Now, let's just think about this. If I'm in prison, come here, brother. Come here, brother. And I'm I'm bound to soldiers. Now, I if I'm in prison, my arms are bound to soldiers, my legs are bound to soldiers. I imagine he was not in a pillow top mattress kind of bed, you know. I don't think they had a sleep number bed for the dude that was about to be executed. He's laying on concrete and chains and dirt, damp, musty smells and cries of other prisoners that have been freshly beaten. I, and I know, tick-tock, tick-tock, with just a few more ticks of the clock, they're going to cut my head off. I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't be sleeping much that night. There, there's not enough melatonin at CVS to put me to sleep, right? I, there's not enough Ambien at the pharmacy to put me to sleep. If I know that they're about to cut my head off and I'm bound to two big old burly ugly soldiers, yep, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be sleeping too well. But the Bible says Peter was sleeping. How in the world do you sleep before your hours before execution? How in the world do you, we're talking about the process? Let me just tell you the process of deliverance. If the enemy says I'm going to kill you, but God says it's not time.
How in the world can you be at peace enough to, to sleep tied to soldiers uh, in the far, hard floor of a prison cell? How in the world can you do that? I'll tell you how. Because Jesus had already prophesied to Peter uh, how he was going to die and when he was going to die. Jesus says it's going to happen when you're old. And so Peter just does the math. He says, guess what? I'm not that old, and you're going to cut my head off, but God said I'm going to die an entirely different way, signified a cross. He said, you know what? I think I'll get a good night's sleep. See, some of y'all been buying the bold-faced lies of the devil. You've been biting them hook, line, and sinker. You've been believing every vile word that comes out of his mouth. He says, I'm going to end it for you. Your life is over. Your ministry's over. Your family's done. Your marriage is finished. Your finances are in ruin. You've been buying every lie of the devil, hook, line, and sinker. But somebody needs to reach back and remember a promise that God gave you. Come on, has God ever given anybody a word? Has God ever given anybody a promise? You ought to do like Simon Peter and reach back and get a hold of that promise because as long as I've got hold of a word from God, I tell you what, I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to be in peace. Oh, because it's not time, says the Lord. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands. Uh, you ought to lift up your voice to the Lord right now. Uh, I preach peace right now. Uh, I speak peace right now. Uh, I declare peace right now. Uh, in the middle of your prison cell, uh, the devil is a liar, and he is the father of lies. Uh, there is no truth in him. Uh, if God said you will live and not die, uh, then you will live and not die, Peter. Some of you are worrying yourself to death. Uh, you're worrying yourself to death. Uh, you can't sleep at night. Uh, your nights are filled with anxiety and fear. Uh, I know where you're at. I've been there myself. Uh, I have been there myself. Uh, I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings about the preacher today. Uh, but I've been there myself. Uh, filled with anxiety and fear. Uh, not able to sleep at night. Uh, but at some point you got to shake yourself uh, and reach back to the word of God uh, and say I've got some promises uh, that are not yet fulfilled so I don't care if the devil says you're dead I'm gonna get a good night's sleep baby because I've got a God I don't know how he's gonna get me out but I know he's gonna get me out I don't know if Herod's gonna change his mind but I know I'm not dying in the morning baby because I've got a word from the Lord I've got a promise from God and his promises are yea and amen his promises are settled Oh, somebody clap your hands. Uh, somebody ought to lift up a faith-filled shout of praise uh, to your God right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, he had no control over his situation. He was chained to soldiers in locks he didn't have keys to, behind bars he couldn't break through. But yet he said, I'm going to be at peace. We used to sing an old song that said sometimes he calms the storm and sometimes he calms me. Oh, 
oh, now, some of you are going to get your feelings hurt. You see, we want God to just miraculously deliver us out of the storm. He can do that. He's going to do that for some today. But can I tell you the same power of God that can deliver you out of the storm is the same power that can keep you through the storm. Come on, uh, are you that weak? Uh, are you that spiritually malnourished uh, that you can't have enough faith in God uh, to say, Lord, uh, though it slays me, yet will I trust him. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter which turn this road takes. Uh, God, I'm still gonna walk with you. Uh, I'm still gonna live for you. Uh, I'm still gonna praise you. Uh, I'm still gonna serve you. Uh, I may not be in control right now, but you know what? Uh, I've got a God who can give peace uh, in the middle uh, of the prison. I pray right now, I pray right now that a spirit of peace would enter every prison represented in this room. I pray right now that a spirit of God authored peace that passes all human understanding would enter every imprisoning circumstance that is in this room right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would let them feel your peace, that you would know their situation and you would give them peace. And behold, an angel of the Lord, verse 7, comes into the prison, and a light shined in the prison. An angel of the Lord comes into the prison, and light shines into the prison. In the middle of his midnight hour, an angel brings light, and an angel brings the word of the Lord. Can I tell you, if you're going to experience deliverance, you got to be willing to receive the light of his word into your life. Oh, somebody didn't hear me. If you're going to get delivered today, if you're going to have God's best for you, you've got to open your heart to receive the light of his word into your life because deliverance begins with light and deliverance begins with the word of the Lord. And sometimes, sometimes when his word comes, the Bible says he comes in with light and he comes in with his word. And he smites Peter. Come here, buddy. No, no, you, yeah. He looks like he could take me. You don't look that tough, so come here. I'm just kidding. We were playing ball. Well, you, you guys were playing ball. I wasn't playing ball. Just sit down right there. You're Peter. You're, you're in prison, okay? If you've ever been called on by the preacher in the middle of a message in front of hundreds of people, you know the nervousness that he's experiencing right now. Y'all just pray for him. He'll be all right. The angel, he said, I'm going to sleep good. That's right. He's listening to the word. The angel, now I'm the angel. That just works out nice, doesn't it? My wife's not here, so she can't tell you any different. The angel comes into the prison, and a light shines around him. And the angel begins to speak to him. And the angel, the Bible says, he smote him. You don't have a bad arm, do you? Not that one. Not that one? You might after this illustration's over. The angel of the Lord comes into the prison. The 
light shines, the word speaks, and it smites him. We live in a church culture that would love to be delivered, but they refuse to allow the word to smite them. But they, they want the angel to come into their prison and just give them a little back rub. And make them feel good. and Give them some of them feel-good pills and just kind of make them feel nice and easy and blessed. And, oh, my, what a wonderful suit you have on. And, oh, we, we, want, we, we live in a, a world that's, that's looking for a feel-good gospel. Can I? Oh, can I tell you uh, that if you're really in the book, uh, sometimes the word is going to smite you. Can I tell you that if you're going to a, a truth preaching church, uh, sometimes the word is going to get up in your business. Uh, sometimes the word is going to step on your toes. Uh, so Sometimes the word is going to make you uncomfortable. Uh, don't despise it. Uh, receive it. Uh, because it's all a part of the process uh, of deliverance. Uh, if you cannot receive the word, uh, and if you cannot receive the smiting of his spirit, uh, then you cannot be delivered. Uh, you cannot have God's best for you. Some folks get mad at the preacher. They get mad at the pastor. Oh, pastor's just preaching to me. He knows my business. He's just talking about my situation. And they go talking about their pastor. What kind of crazy person are you? It's the word of God that's trying to smite you. Trying to get a hold of you. Uh, trying to wake you and shake you uh, so that you can respond and get out of that thing. Uh, somebody lift up your voice right now. Uh, and somebody say, Lord, I receive your word. Uh, God, I receive your light. Uh, and I receive your smite. And then watch this. The angel says, he smites him. And he says, rise up quickly. Well, no, 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 no. See, that's the, that's the problem with some of them, folks. They want to respond to God their way, <clears throat> in their time. God says, get up quickly. And they say, hmm. You got an attitude like that, no wonder you're still bound. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I'm just preaching to you the word of God. You got people that come to church week after week bound, and they leave week after week bound because they don't know how to respond quickly. The angel smote Peter and said, rise up quickly. That's better. 
That's better. See, sometimes it takes some practice. Go back down. Sometimes it takes a little practice. Sometimes you feel the Spirit moving on you, and you want to lift your hands, and you want to lift your voice, but you're bound by peer pressure, and you're bound by what somebody might think about you and what somebody might say about you. They might think something's really wrong with me, and they might really, they might really have an opinion about me. Come on, somebody needs to shake all that garbage off. Somebody needs to hear the word of the Lord. Somebody needs to see the light of his word and rise up quickly. Come on. Somebody needs to respond to God without hesitation, without delay. You don't need anybody's permission. You don't need anybody to ask anybody. You don't need to check with anybody. Somebody needs to say, you know what? I got a word from God. I feel the spirit talking to my heart today. I'm going to rise up quickly. I'm going to respond quickly to the Oh, you got to hear this. Uh, you got to get this. Uh, he said, rise up quickly. Come here. We'll go put you in the preacher's chair. A little easier to get up for you. He said, rise up quickly. Watch this. He said, rise up. Time out. Let me just pause right here. I can't stand it when worship leaders got to beg folks to rise up quickly. I can't stand it when preachers got to beg folks to rise up quickly. I can't, it, it drives me nuts when you got, now, now people who don't know Jesus, I understand, they get a free pass because they don't know. And they don't even know what they don't know. But when you got spirit-filled, blood-bought believers... that he thought you were worth saving and he reaches to you with his blood and his mercy and his forgiveness. Come on, nobody ought to have to beg you to rise up quickly. We ought to have to prod you and poke you and sing your favorite song and get your favorite worship leader up there and preach something that tickles your little theological itch. No siree, no siree. If you feel the light of his word and you hear the voice of the Spirit, uh, you ought to just rise up uh, quickly. Uh, you ought to respond to God. Uh, you ought to respond to God. Come on, you're not responding to the praise team. You're not responding to the preacher. You're responding to the word of God. You're not responding to the pastor. You're responding to the word of God. You're not patting anybody's ego. You're responding to the word of God. And watch this. Can we dig a little deeper in this verse? He says, rise up quickly. And when he does, what happens? What happens? What happens? What happened? Chains fall off. The angel didn't come in there. The angel didn't break into that prison and say, Abracadabra, Zalamazoo. No. The angel walked in there and smacked him upside the head. Don't worry. The angel walked up there and said, get up. Now, hold up, hold up. Now, Peter, if he'd have been like some of us, would have sat there and he would have said, no, 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 no. What exactly do you mean by get up? Now, 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 let's just talk about the theology of get up. What's, yeah, what's the Greek word for get up? 
What is, uh, uh, some people are so wise, they're stupid. And I, I, I'm not, I mean, I've got a couple of theological degrees. Uh, but Paul said, last time I checked, uh, one of the most educated, articulate men in Scripture, able to debate leaders and religious leaders in multiple languages, uh, he said, I came not to you in any power of my own, uh, but I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit uh, and in power. Uh, I didn't come to you in any power of my speech, uh, my education, my knowledge, uh, but I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. We got folks, if they'd have been like Simon Peter, he'd have said, now, now, okay, get up. I, I receive that. I, I believe that. But, but, but now tell me what's going to happen when I get up. Now, what, what, what can I expect? What, what's God going to do for me when I get up, preacher? Just get your ignorant carcass responding to the word of God. Just get up. God doesn't have to tell you. God. Mm. God doesn't need to run his plans by you. God doesn't need to check with you. He doesn't need your stamp of approval. You either take it or leave it, Jack. He said, get up. You know what happened when Moses started arguing with God? Moses said, I can't talk good. I can't go to Pharaoh. I can't do this. God said, who gave man his mouth? Who makes him dumb or makes him able to speak? Who makes him deaf or makes him mute? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will teach you what to say. Sometimes you got to just have blind faith. Uh, sometimes you just got to obey the words you have. Uh, well, how am I going to get out of prison? Uh, just obey the word you have. He said, rise up quickly. And when it gets up, chains fall off. Now, he's not out of prison yet. But there's a partial victory. Come on, There's a partial victory. And I will tell you, not only did the chains fall off, but there's something we don't read about. You just got to read between the lines. The chains fell off, and the guards didn't even wake up. Think about it. It's a double miracle. You drop some chains on a concrete floor, and there's going to be some noise. But the Bible says the chains fell off, and the guards, they just stayed asleep. So what does that mean? That tells me that, Simon Peter, if you'll be willing to obey the word of the Lord, you're going to enter into the process of deliverance. It may not happen with one prayer. It may not happen in one second. But if you'll just keep responding to the word of God that you hear, if you'll just keep doing what God God says to do, uh, then there is going to be a progressive miracle that is released in your life. Uh, his chains uh, fell off. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm not there yet, uh, but I'm going to rejoice in where I am. Uh, I'm not finished yet, uh, but I'm going to rejoice in what God's done. Uh, I may not be out of prison yet, uh, but I'm going to rejoice in partial victory. Somebody clap your hands and lift up a shout of praise. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost about to break loose in this place. In the name of... Next verse, he says, gird yourself. He said, gird yourself and bind on your sandals. In other words, put your robe on. There you go. You don't want to be walking out naked. you end up back in jail. And tie your shoes. He said, tie your shoes. He said, cast your garment about you. Next verse. 
He says, tie your shoes, put your garment on. And he went out and followed him. You know what this indicates to me? If you're locked up in prison, there ain't no need, there's no need to have your shoes on. You don't have your outdoor garment on indoors. But if you're going somewhere, if you're about to get out of jail, you better get ready. It signifies a change of behavior. It signifies an elevated expectation. I'm gonna, some of y'all need to spiritually put your sandals on. And you need to spiritually put your outdoor garment on. Because you're about five minutes from coming out of that prison right now. Somebody's just a few minutes. Uh, somebody's just a few moments. Uh, you're just a few words of prayer from coming out of that prison. Uh, his chains fell off, uh, but the miracle isn't done yet. Uh, his chains fell off, uh, but it ain't over yet, honey. He said, follow me. And so he follows him uh, to see if it it is true. Uh, can I tell you when you're in the process of deliverance uh, don't get discouraged uh, just keep walking. Uh, the angel says get your free clothes on. Uh, get your outdoor clothes on. Uh, get your freedom clothes on uh, and start following me. Uh, somebody needs to just put one foot uh, in front of the other. Uh, somebody just needs to keep moving uh, in the direction that God's leading. I could preach about repentance right here, but I don't have time. I got to quit. They, 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 he, his change of clothes signified a change of mind. He said, get your free clothes on. Get your, get your walking shoes on. It's a change of mind. I ain't putting my walking shoes on if I ain't walking anywhere. Can I tell you what else is a change of mind? Repentance is a change of mind. It's where you say, Lord, I'm ready to walk with you. I'm ready to live for you. I'm tired of making my own decisions. I'm tired of living by my own devices. I'm ready to walk with you, live for you. I'm ready to do things your way. And so when you change your mind, you're going to change your clothes. Oh, I could preach about that a little while. When you change your mind, you're going to change your clothes. And you say, Lord, I'm ready to follow you. I'm I'm ready to go after you. And so he went out and followed him and did not know what the angel had done was real. He thought it was a vision. But he just kept walking. I don't know. Maybe this preacher is real. Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe this sir, maybe this is for real. Maybe just keep walking. I dare you, just keep walking. Just keep responding. I dare you, just keep praying. I, I, I dare you, just keep worshiping. I, I, I dare you, Simon Peter. Simon Peter could have stopped, hear me. Simon Peter could have stopped the process of that miracle at any point in the process. He could have said, no, nope, I'm not going one step further till I get an explanation. You tell me what's going on, preacher. Explain this to me. He could have stopped that miracle before it was even finished, but he just kept walking. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've started responding to God in this service. Don't stop. You've started reaching out to God in this service. Don't stop. You've started lifting your hands in this service. Don't stop. You've started crying tears. Don't stop. You've started feeling after God in this service. Don't stop. Just keep walking. 
Keep responding. Keep going after God. Don't stop the miracle because you are in the process of your deliverance. They came to the first guard and they kept walking. They came to another set of doors and another guard and they kept walking. They, 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 they just kept walking. Well, I, I, I don't want to make this anticlimactic, but sometimes, folks, you just got to learn to keep walking. Oh, come on now. Come on. I, I thank God for what happens on Sunday, but sometimes you're going to have a Monday. I mean a Monday. And you just got to keep walking. 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 Now watch this, verse 11. Peter came to himself and he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. And watch this. From all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Now what? Oh, I love this verse. He said... Y'all were expecting one outcome, but God. From the expect, the Jews were expecting his head to get cut off. I got a question for you. How are people expecting your situation to end up? Wouldn't it be a shame to hear the voice of God be visited by angelic power and still give in to the expectations of ungodly people? If I'd have given in to expectations of people like that, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be lost, if not dead. But I thank God. That while everyone else saw one outcome, God said, I see another. While everyone else looks at you and says, you know what? You're going down. It's not going to end well. You're going to lose out with God. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your finances. I thank God that God says, I see another option. I see another way. I see another opportunity. And so he keeps walking. And the doors open. And he walks all the way to the house of Mary, the mother of John. And Peter knocks at the door. And a girl named Rhoda comes to the door. She recognized, oh, there's so much preach here, I don't have time. She recognizes Peter's voice, but she doesn't open the door because she says, I got to go tell everybody, and everybody else is confused because they think it's a spirit. Isn't it a shame that when God answers the church with the answer that they've been asking for, that they still don't have the faith to believe what's right in front of their eyes? And so Peter keeps knocking. 
he continued knocking and they opened the door and they saw him and they were astonished. And he told them how the Lord brought him out of the prison and he said, now go tell the things to James and the brethren. And they went to another place. In other words, what God is about to do for you in this place today is a certain miracle. But the miracle does not stop with you. Because the greater purpose of Simon Peter's miracle was that he would offer witness and worship to everyone who thought he was going to die. To everybody that thought it was over. The real purpose of his miracle was that he was going to go back to his city and he, they were going to go back to their brethren and they were going to declare there is a God of deliverance. Psalm 32 says, Thou art my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You can pass me about with songs of deliverance. It's songs that are sung by people who have been delivered. People who are being delivered. People who are in the process of deliverance. And so I'm preaching to you here in closing today to ask you what kind of songs have you been singing? Because some of y'all been singing songs of bondage. Some of y'all been singing songs of defeat. Some of y'all been singing songs with your heads down and your shoulders slumped. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that they hung their harps, their instruments of praise on the willow trees. The trees that were symbolic of weeping, they hung their harps on the willows as they remembered the songs that they had sung in Zion. The songs that they used to sing in the church. The songs of deliverance that they used to sing. They hung their harps on the weeping trees and they said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Can I tell you that if the enemy can take your song he can take your joy if the enemy can take your worship he can take your warfare if he can take your spirit if he can take your song he can take your spirit he can take your deliverance but somebody needs to lift up your voice today somebody needs to respond to God and rise up quickly somebody needs to rise up quickly like Simon Peter did and say there is a song of deliverance that is yet to be sung. There is a song of deliverance that is yet to come out of my lips. There is a song of deliverance that I'm going to declare today. And as I declare the song of deliverance, the same God that's done it before is going to do it again. The same God that shut the lion's mouth is going to shut the mouth of my adversary. Yes, yes, yes. Right now.
There's a spirit of deliverance in this place. I'm not going to beg you to come. I'm not going to plead with you to come. But there's deliverance at this altar right now. If you need it, it's here. If you need it, you're just a few steps away. You ought to get out of where you're at. Oh, preacher, do I really have to come out down to the altar? Do I really have to come down there like that? I'm not even going to argue with you. I'm not going to plead with you. The deliverance is at the front of this building right now. And if you want it, it's here. Get down here as quick as you can and lift up your voice and begin to respond to God right now. Come on, lift up your voice. You get in this altar, uh, and here's the instruction I have for you. You just lift up your voice uh, and begin to cry out to God. Lift up your voice uh, and begin to cry out to God right now by the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name Jesus. I pray you would release a delivering work. I pray you would release... Come on, gather in as tight as you can. Gather in as tight as you can. Make room for more that are coming. Gather in as tight as you can. Make room for more that are coming. I'm asking every ministry leader, every minister to help me pray right now. Every ministry leader, uh, every ministry leader and family, would you help me pray right now? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, come on, that's it, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. All across this altar, lift up your hands. All across this altar, lift up your hands. And now, oh Lord, I pray a spirit of deliverance would fall in this place. I pray that you would deliver from bondage. I pray that you would deliver from every prison. I pray that you would deliver from addictions and drugs. I pray that you would deliver, Lord, from, from, from abusive lifestyles. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would deliver from fear and anxiety. I pray that you would deliver from disorders of every kind. I pray that you would deliver from mental oppression. I pray that you would deliver from financial attack. I pray that you would deliver from a spirit of infirmity right now. Oh, Lord, we lift our voice to you and we release your delivering work in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, with your hands lifted, lift up your voice. With your hands lifted, lift up Is your voice. Lift up your voice. Every chain, your blood. Yes.
spirit of liberty here God is doing numerous works of deliverance and now we're going to enter into a time and a season of praise a season of thanksgiving the deliverance ended with witness and it ended with worship we're going to witness his power as we leave this place we're going to witness of his power when we leave this place but while we're still here we're going to witness through our worship right now if you're thankful for what God's done, I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to lift up your voice and I want you to begin to celebrate. And if you're still seeking God, if you're still seeking God, don't stop. God's not done yet. Don't stop. God's not done yet. But through your worship, the work of deliverance can be complete. Through your worship, the work of deliverance can be complete. Right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we release worship in this place. We worship you. We release worship and freedom to worship in this place. Yes.
you're here today and you've never been buried in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, we want you to know we have a baptism and we would be honored to baptize you in Jesus' name. What a word today. Anybody feel like you've been set free from your prison? The light of the Lord has come in. I have made up my mind I'm going to rise and follow him out of this prison cell. I love you. God bless you. Remember service tonight at 6.30 at East Campus. Let's come and shout and worship the Lord. Have a wonderful day. Bless somebody on the way out. Tell them you love them. Pray for them. God bless you. See you Wednesday night. 7 o'clock.
Let's get our platform set up, crew, and teardown crew. We do have to remove everything this morning. The school is going to be being used, so please help us on the platform. Thank you.